0: It's time to clip your last good piece and dig in, because the runout starts now.
1: How are you feeling, Chris?
0: Pretty good. Yeah? you yeah. sore? I'm a little bit sore still. Yeah, I think I'm coming I think I'm over the hump.
1: Why don't you recap what uh you what might be sore from? Made me sore. Yeah. Well,
0: we and I say we because it was a whole bunch of people um were involved but uh climbed 50 pitches in Indian Creek on Saturday the 23rd of October which was 4 days ago. Yeah, it was it was a belated birthday challenge. We probably should have used that. That would have been a good way to Make sure everybody knew it wasn't my birthday, because a lot of people were. I think it was my birthday, but it was not my birthday. It was my almost your was half March. birthday, it but was it was closer it was a, to my half birthday. Yeah, that would have been September twenty fifth, though. So. Yeah, wasn't really even that. So, you know, yeah. It, you continue, my, yeah, it was in my surrounding year. Yeah, it was in my fiftieth year, and I had been talking about doing it because I had done forty at forty, and then we. I just kind of wasn't that. I just decided not to do it. Mostly because I didn't want to organize it, mm-hmm. and also because my son's birthday is the same as mine. Miles' birthday is my birthday, the twenty fifth of March, and so I don't really get it anymore. Anyway, so it's not like I could have been just like, "Daddy's going climbing on your birthday. You're gonna stay with grandma, and we'll we'll see you next year on your birthday next year." You know. So anyhow, but yeah, the big thing was that uh, you know a lot of people showed up for it. The idea of that made me very anxious which is why I was like, I'm not going to do it. I even had approached Steph to be like, why don't you and I just do it? Like you and I will just go to Indian Creek and I'll just climb for 24 hours if I have to until I do 50 pitches, just the two of us, because then I don't have to tell anybody. Nobody has to know. But instead, Steph, unbeknownst to me, organized it and got a whole bunch of people committed before she even told me about it about a month ago, at which point I was like, She, we were at the dinner table and she's like, I need to tell you something. And I'm like, what? She's like, well, and then she told me and I wasn't exactly overwhelmed or excited. And in fact, then we got in a fight about it because I was, I don't know. I was saying the wrong things. You know, I wasn't being appreciative of her efforts to Mm. organize it, but it'd be like, I mean, if someone was just like, Hey dude, I signed you up for a 50 K run in (laughs) like three weeks tomorrow. Yeah. You're down, right? And I was like, uh so anyway, we ironed that out. And then a whole bunch of people showed up. Tons of people showed up to do it. We're very excited to do it. I was very anxious up until even the morning of not about the climbing. I was anxious about like, well, where was everybody going to camp? And like, is it annoying that they have to come and do this? And like. I just couldn't get over the fact that people were like excited to come and help me climb 50 pitches. It seemed really weird. It was, it was super
1: cool and it was cool to see. Yeah. You were there. I was there. Yeah. The number of people who, who showed up and yeah, I, I feel your anxiety, you know, like I don't know if I have that in me to uh, let that number of people do something nice for me, Mm -hmm. but it was, I thought it was perfect. It was like, I don't know. I thought it was awesome that, that people showed up in support of, just being your friend and and having a good time.
0: Well, actually, I mean, what you just said is interesting because when you did your 30 at 30 in Rifle with Hayden Kennedy as your partner, meanwhile, and unbeknownst to you, we were setting up a surprise party. Yeah, that's true. Right. And so it's like, that's actually kind of like the perfect thing because if you'd have known that we were setting up this party for you all day, it probably would have made you super anxious about not helping or like right not being there but it was all a surprise party yeah, and it was so, an actual surprise right
1: it was mostly a surprise right, right. yeah i kind of had an idea something like that was going on right. but like my mom showed up from right. new york i'd never i didn't know that she was coming out and like yeah it was it was pretty cool it was definitely yeah it just made me feel so grateful and humble Right. You know, in in the face of just such magnanimous, awesome people who wanted to do just a, you know, a small but really significant, nice thing for me.
0: Yeah. That's the kind of thing with what happened on Saturday was, and I I got more comfortable with it throughout the day. You know, I had sort of a plan in my head of how the day was going to go and how it was all going to go down. And I, I'm, a, I'm very much a, a planner when it comes to that stuff. You know, I feel like all the big climbing goals i've had in my life like part of the reason i did them was successful when i'm successful is because i sweated the details and made a plan i'm, right. I'm definitely not a like a wing it kind of dude when it comes to that
1: yeah, stuff yeah you you made a whole list yeah. like like basically an order of what, how you want foresaw 50 pitches going down yeah and i mean this was pretty loose
0: because it could be you know it's not it's not a very committing thing to do i mean it's like you can just stop and walk down to the parking lot like it's not like you're you know it's not like the kelly cordis thing where the the his what was it the idiot's guide to alpinism where you just keep climbing (laughs) until it's too hard to go down and that forces you to keep going to the top (laughs) i mean any time i could have said fuck this shit and gone down it was pretty loose, but I still had this idea. And, um, you know, there was a point in the day where I just was like, all right, let all that go. Everybody psyched, you know, cause I had this idea that I wanted to lead a certain amount of pitches, which I just gave up because people were too efficient about having ropes up. right? And so, I mean, the rule was really only that I had to climb separate pitches and it didn't matter if it was some 40 foot five, eight, or if it was whatever. Mm-hmm. So, that was, and then I had, like I said, this kind of idea that I would lead half of them was sort of in my head. But by the mid to late morning, like everybody was so efficient that there was never a point at which I there was an opportunity really for me to lead something, right? Except for if I ignored or pulled someone's rope down, and I sort of implied that one time, and and the person was rather annoyed that right. I would. It, it was like uh, you know, it was like some sort of cultural faux pas where i like you know insulted some host because people were like no i put this up for you you're gonna climb it like because that's what we're doing here like i want to participate and here's my participation
1: well, part yeah. of being a gracious person is being able to accept gifts, yeah. and that's what
0: those were. Right. Those those yeah. were top rope yeah, gifts totally. that people had. just Top
1: rope gifts. You know. Nice kind. Yeah. And- <laughs> the, best
0: cl- the best kind of gifting climbing <laughs> is a fucking <laughs> nice, sweet top rope. Nice baby. tight top rope <laughs> gift. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so like I gave up on just a, any of that. Like I was like, I'm just, I'm just going for it. Like yeah. I'll just top rope the living shit out of everything. I did all this in Indian Creek because. For several reasons. First of all, it's the only place that I, with my skill set, can could do it. Like, your 30 pitches and rifles still seems insane to me, you know, and maybe this crack climbing thing seems insane to you, so it's just, like, what you're good at. Yeah. In that place, I know what I can, I'm capable of. Down there. It was kind
1: of crazy to, um, you know, I think I first saw you because we kind of arrived later because we had the, our kids with us. Mm-hmm. Um, we uh, showed up, and you had done, like, 30 pitches at that point or something like that and it was just kind of crazy to realize that 20 pitches lay ahead you know (laughs) right (laughs) it sounds like 30 is a lot and it sounds like oh you're more than halfway there like this should be doable but then you have to realize that 20 pitches are ahead and even when you got to 40 it's like oh 10 more pitches that's still like a full day of climbing for most people i
0: had the same exact feeling yeah of like sort of this like, okay, cool, I'm getting there. And then the next very next thought, I'm like, fuck, dude, 20 pitches is a lot of pitches still. (laughs) And there was like the main – actually, the main difficulties for me were I just bonked a couple times, and I was like a little overwhelmed still by the whole operation.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, people were also just like, Chris, come do this. Yeah, yeah. Climb this. The ropes up. You have to do this now. Yeah, yeah. There so was... they're kind of like ordering you around a little bit. Yeah.
0: So I'm like hypoglycemic and like.
1: Yeah, you didn't seem right. I, you you <laughs> kind of seemed annoyed, actually. I know. Yeah.
0: I, I just and I felt like it. I was like, all these people are like just trying to help, and I'm like annoyed right now, and like I'm being rude, and yeah. So then my anxiety came back, and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of funny. Um... But then it calmed down, and we and then you mentioned like the forty mark. At that point we had sort of a plan laid out as to how it was all going to go down. We knew like there were six pitches there and then we were going to go over to Donnelly, you know, and those were easy pitches. And so then I like at about 40 is when I like finally like calmed down completely. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of like slowly chilled out for the rest of it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It was cool, man. It was cool. <laughs> I was, I was just like really psyched to see the amount of support that you had yeah, totally. and it yeah, it was just I don't know, made me feel good. And it also was cool just to see you do the the accomplishment itself, which I think is really fucking badass. And I definitely cannot climb fifty pitches at Indian Creek in a day, and I don't think I'll ever be able to do that. To see you rely on technique and climb so really well. Uh-huh. Like at such a yeah, after forty it. pitches. It was just that was awesome. It was wild because I felt honestly like i could have kept going
0: Mm -hmm. and as long as i was on like a a jamming like as long as i was jamming i was like fine yeah i ended up you were there actually on something where i was like i had to kind of handrail and i was useless like on this completely i mean if it was in the gym it would be on like a v0 kind of holds it was i almost fell off on that one yeah sure because it was just like i just had no power but then later in the night, I was jamming, you know, these five nines and five tens. When I got done, done, I could have, I could have done more of that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it crossed my mind for a moment. But then that same thing happened because we went up into Donnelly Canyon. It was pitch black. About nine or ten people came up just to enjoy ourselves. We were, I was drinking beer by then, and then everybody else was also climbing. But when I came down, it was the same thing. I was like, "Well, I could do some more pitches," but I'm like, "No, it's over. Everybody's <laughs> everybody's done. We've we've cheered. We're gonna go back to the party. Like we also had burgers going. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, a bunch of people who are at the cliff, maybe who listen to this now, or um, helped out. You know, like I climbed on other people's ropes a yeah. lot. And, uh, so those people came down and like hung out and dr- ate burgers and drank beers and yeah. stuff that we had. That's super um, cool. Yeah. So there was, that was, that was really fun. And that, that's why I was like, okay, you know, you could keep climbing, but it'd be kind of like this dick move at this point to just be
1: like, oh yeah, that's cool, but I'm just going to keep going. Yeah. And, no, I don't know why you would keep climbing after all of that. I know. It was just like, yeah. I did what I came to do. Yeah. Exactly. But there was like
0: a part of me was like, fuck it. I'll just keep climbing until I can't climb anymore.
1: But the, so... You know.
0: Do my sixty at sixty ahead of time or something? You know, get it done. <laughs> I, I've,
1: I have a feeling that, like, at some point, the rules are going to be inverse, so that you mm-hmm. do fifty at thirty and forty at forty and six and at fifty, you do thirty.
0: Yeah, you have to start by like making a, a prediction of how long you're going to live. Mm -hmm. and then yeah go backwards from right
1: right Uh, basically when you're born if you're born to a climbing family then on your birth certificate there should be like your birthday challenges laid out for you right like let's say ordained by the doctor you
0: think you're gonna live to 80 yeah then at 20 you do 60 pitches
1: yeah, when you, you're two you're, years old, you do 400 pitches. You do eight, eight, 78 pitches at two, would be how it would work. <laughs> so,
0: um, which actually any decent two year old climber could do. Totally. Um, no problem.
1: <laughs> the thing that I thought was also cool was this is just like such a testament to technique. And I kind of wrote about this on right. my website, Evening Sends. And I've. You know, had experiences where, you know, I've been like so flamed and so tired and you know, like just doing long routes and like the dolomites or something like that where mm-hmm. I should be falling or I'm I realize how tired I am and I should be just, you know, not able to climb. But somehow technique is this thing that you can like pull out of your bag of tricks and And some for some reason you don't necessarily or you're not aware of it when you're in like good shape Mm -hmm. or you're or you're just like doing a regular cragging day or something, but in those moments where you're like truly gassed or you're truly pushing the limits, that's when technique becomes this very salient, palatable thing that you're aware of, and it's like okay, I can still climb because I know how to climb, right? And I think that's so cool. And it's it's a thing that isn't highlighted in most of the discourse. There's a lot of emphasis on training and strength and getting better and doing more pull-ups and doing one-arm pull-ups and your hangboard routine and your jimmy, gym, gym thing. And technique and experience is so valuable in those moments in particular. Mm -hmm. And you have to have days like that when you're out climbing doing 50 pitches at Indian Creek or, you know, in in like what I'm thinking of is like a, a few things I did in the Dolomites where I was like, should be falling or should be hanging all over a route, but didn't that's, I I don't know. It just like really punctuates just the importance of how valuable technique is. Yeah.
0: I mean, I think with crack climbing in particular too, it's always struck me as that because I mean the steep, real steep climbing, like, It's going to take some power, but yeah, the crack climbing is, is so much technique. I mean, I was surprised actually at how like I could just keep jamming and it still felt like there's no way I was going to fall off if I had a hand jam, but yeah, I mean, it was cool and it's good to know when you're 50 and you've kept at it for 30 years that you've. You've got some gas in the tank, you know, that you can Well, do there, some do, shit do, like like There's this, there what are what I mean? a lot of
1: really good crack climbers yeah. and I bet a lot of them would not be able to do fifty pitches off the couch basically at Indian Creek the way you did that. And I just think that speaks to your skill as a crack climber and this is clearly not your fitness, like let's be <laughs> honest. Um <laughs> That message is so valuable now because it emphasizes time at the cliff more than time in the gym and time thinking about nutrition and macro nutrients and, you know, whether you're doing five seconds and three seconds rest in your hangboard routine or seven seconds Mm -hmm. and three seconds rest or whatever, (laughs) you know, like that stuff obscures the just like the real shit in climbing right, right. which is time at the cliff yeah. learning how to climb yeah. doing it well yeah. and when you do that you can do pretty incredible things i think that people are going to be surprised by and inspired by i kind of wrote about that on the site and i i was surprised by like just how much traction that little story got mm-hmm. like so many people were responding really well to that and that speaks to the Climbing community and just genuine stoke. Well, like, the cool, people were stoked yeah, for you. To yeah, do totally.
0: That. It, and it was cool because I didn't break it at all. Like I still haven't posted about it. Yeah, because I didn't take any pictures, so I'd have to get them from other people. But yeah, there was like you and Steph Davis, kind of like were the the people who immediately posted about it the Monday after we got back or whenever yesterday. And it was it was nice to like instead of me breaking it and getting kind of the You know, I would have gotten nice comments as well, but to have them come through, you know, what we're we're calling buddy spray now was actually really cool. And it was fun for me to be like a little bit remote from it and look to see how people reacted. Yeah. Yeah. And people were, I mean, it was, it was great. I was stoked. And
1: I mean, dude, Sonny Trotter was like, this is like the coolest shit. I know.
0: I was like, dude, yeah, that's right. That's, (laughs) I mean, when Sonny
1: Trotter's complimenting you on, on something you've done in climbing, that's a good ass day. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. I mean, part of the thing about me being anxious about it is it's such this ego driven thing, a thousand percent, right? It's proving what it's proving I can still climb there. It's proving I'm not like, you know, going gently into that good night. So it's it's totally ego driven, which made me anxious the whole time. So the have that taken off my shoulders. Was kind of cool, you mm-hmm. know, just in the last couple of days of me not being the one that was like, look at me, look what I did. That would have been an added thing on top of all the anxiety I had.
1: Well, it is it is like just to like pause on that for a second, because we, we want to talk about a thing that we're doing over on our Patreon called Buddy Spray, which is, you know, a lot, giving our, our patrons a, you know, a bit of a voice to, you know, spray about their friends as part of our final bits on our show. And you know, this is an idea that you've had for you know a long time. Yeah, but it
0: was part of the co- like the original conception of the show. I had this yeah. idea for
1: And so anyway, it's a it's a reality now and it's like on paper it's like a funny, like kind of cool idea. But I think that just seeing the power of the the post I did about, you know, your fifty at fifty I don't know. Is is it a response to the way that spray normally gets, you know, done now where people are just kind of obligated to talk about themselves or maybe we're just in this atomized society where we, we you know, we don't necessarily have the bandwidth to like talk about people besides ourselves or I don't know what it is, but something resonated in people seeing that there was like a, a group of friends supporting another friend and like, giving him or her in your case him props mm. for doing something that like conceit in that way of just approaching talking about like climbing accomplishments feels different and it's so uh, uplifting to see the response and see how positively people respond to something like that because if climbing is this ego-driven sport as you just said the antidote to an ego-driven approach to climbing is to feel genuine happiness for the people around you when they do something great, mm-hmm. and not feel animosity or jealousness or something like that, meditating on.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a throwback to, you know, I, I know that when I started climbing, the tradition, whether people actually lived by it or not, was that, yeah, you don't really go around like tooting your own horn. You went out, you did your business, and you came home. Yeah, so it's a little bit of a throwback too to mm-hmm. the way we sort of operate now,
1: and it's and it's weird because but I'm, it's a throwback, but yeah. it's also just like a reinterpretation of that yeah. in a, in like this in kind of like a new positive mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. Yeah. where you openly talk about things and not you know mask them through sarcasm or um, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like it's like it's just very it's vulnerable, but it's also not self congratulatory, right? You know. Yeah, I have felt like only good feelings this week, Oh, you, you know, feeling psyched for you right. and feeling psyched to see the climbing world feel psyched for you and being part of just like, you know, getting that message out. Yeah. And it's it's
0: a nice thing because, I mean, there's better ways to do it and you could lead all the pitches. You could do harder pitches like
1: Well you did what you did.
0: I know. And I did what I did. And, and no. But my point is, is like nobody's out there doing that. Right, like sniping away at it, which yeah. is also nice yeah. to know. I mean, I don't think they are. Maybe they are privately.
1: I think that you know, but if, if you are, you can send your hate yeah. mail to. <laughs> and and, and
0: it, you know, I don't mind any sort of like good natured sarcasm too, because it is an absurd. I mean, it's just an absurd thing to try to do. Yeah, for contrived and in, in a weird way, but uh, it's it's been a good week with that stuff, and you know, it'll fade into obscurity like everything else, but. But yeah, I, I I pulled it off. We made a goal, and and uh, and we did it. Even though it's not my birthday, but thanks for all the happy birthdays too. Actually, I mean, so we just ta- as valid. You we, can wish me happy birthday all fucking year.
1: <laughs> we we talked about this on um uh on a episode earlier this year when Sean Villanueva O'Driscoll did the uh, Fitz reverse Fitz traverse. Mm-hmm. And it kind of coincided with his 40th birthday, and he kind of called it 40 pitches of, you know, heinous alpine climbing or whatever. So he kind of riffed on that idea of birthday challenges. And so, where do you think you stand in the 2021 Birthday Challenge of the Year award? Because it's between you and Sean right now. Of course. I mean, what he did was like
0: fucking okay, <laughs> astronomical. <laughs> it wasn't just like. He didn't get to roll through a parking lot with burgers on a grill every <laughs> few bitches. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think he still wins. Um, but you know what? You're, you turned 40 this year. I, do. Um, and I did. And based on my system, you got a whole year to get a, a birthday challenge done. I know. I like this. I'm setting the precedent. I so. like this
1: standard that you set where you, you give yourself some, some breathing room. Well, because- what if
0: your birthday's at a bad time of year? You totally. You know, I mean? it's shitty weather on your birthday. Well, you I was traveling your for your my birthday. That's the yeah. only
1: reason I didn't do my, the thing I wanted to do. Yeah, which is what? You know, um, I wanted to write 40 sentences <laughs> uh, <laughs> without any grammatical errors.
0: Well, somebody suggested, if, if you kind of extrapolate on what I did where I didn't even do it on my birthday, is like do something that takes the whole year. Like they mentioned replacing 51 acres in Indian Creek mm. for your 51 Mm. you know, which is actually a shitload because I don't spend that much time down there, but something like that where you don't do it in a day, but it's over the year. Right. You know, you have a, a goal to reach with something that will take, you know, a considerable amount of time. I think in some ways that'd be harder because it would involve a lot more trips down there and things like that. Yeah. And then also you could take it to some sort of service project type of thing. So that might be something to think about in the coming years.
1: Yeah, I think um, maybe I've been too close-minded about what a birthday challenge should be and I should open my mind to, you know, not just like doing service projects or different kinds of climbing projects, but maybe just four dimensions of time and space that allow me. (laughs) Drew Halsey is a social worker who lives in Tennessee and has been climbing for two years. He's using social media to show that climbing is a sport for everyone. You can follow him on Instagram at Drew Climbs Walls.
2: Uh, I follow a movie called Free Solo. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you've heard of it, um, but
0: I no, no. Heard... Tell us
2: about it. Oh, you, I'm sure you, <laughs> sure you haven't heard it. Um, I, I I just heard it was getting some like Oscar buzz. And I was like, it'll be a pretty movie. It'll be a Nat Geo movie. we are see in the IMAX, you know. And like halfway through it, I was kind of blown away by this community of like weirdos that lived in their van. I was like, whoa, this is kind of, because only, I would think of climbings. I always thought of like climbers that climbed Everest, you know, mountaineering more than sport climbing, that kind of thing. So like halfway through it, I was like, I wonder if I could like do this. I wonder if I could, not free solo, but like, I wonder if I could climb a wall, you know. I was kind of searching for something at that time. So after watching uh, the movies no one's heard of, Free Solo, um, I went to, I started Googling. I was like, can fat people climb? You know, literally what I Googled. And like, how much pounds can ropes hold? Didn't really find a lot of answers. So I went to the gym and asked, like, I was so nervous too. I was like, in the car, like, kind of anxiety, like, I'm about to go ask these people, can like, fat people climb? And so I walked in the gym and, uh, asked the person up front They're like, yeah, ropes hold like thousands of pounds. You're, you'll be fine. And so me and my wife, Sarah, we, uh, went on a Valentine's date, got like a punch pass from Groupon, you know, it's the classic way you get into climbing. And, um, and that's, uh, <laughs> where we went to, we, well, yeah, we, we went and I fell in love with the media. Like I, I like I got on ropes for the first time, um. I think our gym's like an old school gym where the rope rat was 20 feet or something. And like, I got to the top and I was like, heck, yeah, that's sweet. Like, I did it. I did this thing and I just got hooked. And, you know. Um, that is so awesome. <laughs> like,
1: everything about that story is so awesome. Yeah, dude. So, um, I just wanted to, like, drill down on, on a couple of things real quick. So, Free Solo, what was it? Specifically, that attracted you to climbing through that movie was it Honnold's personality, or was it the like kind of the, the whole lifestyle and the fringe people around? Yeah, it was
2: more the lifestyle. Honold's personality definitely helped because you know he's a little oddball the way he looks at life, and I thought that was cool. But like the whole aspect of like these people run around in their vans and like live in it, and they're like they're dedicated to this sport. That and it's very neat, very like a neat sport, kind of attracted me to it plus the outside outdoors aspect of it at the time i was trying to get outside more trying to, i was trying to find something to do really i was searching and uh that kind of weirdly encompassed everything because it was like i could get be active i could go outside um i could explore national parks i could do all this through climbing but yeah through freestyle i think it was just it was just the community aspect of it and like the weirdness of these people running around the country chasing chasing rocks so how old were
1: you when that movie came out and you saw it and and what was going on in your life at that point like that had you searching for something else
2: i think i was 29 about 29 and um i had just left a a mental health job and i had more time on my hands because it wasn't working like late shift at at the at the psych hospital and so I was wanting to be active more because I just needed to get my body moving, you know? And that's why I was kind of searching. Cause I had more, I had a little more time on my hand. I was working like a corporate job that's in an office and I was taking a break at the time from working in mental health. That's why I was searching. And that movie just hit at the perfect time. I always felt like there was something cool I could do with like, say social media. I just didn't know what it was. And that's kind of, I was like, I would love to maybe post my climbs or, like, you know, get more people to see that, like, fat people can do this. And that's how, like, my Instagram started. Well, yeah.
1: we're talking to you now because you've done something cool. And there's, you know, you're a big deal in the climbing world at this point. Or at least <laughs> like, a lot yeah, of people know who you are and yeah, your yeah, name. I and guess. I don't know. I saw your your face in a magazine ad recently. So, what's that been like? I
2: mean. Uh, it's wild, dude. I set out to show that fat people could do it like bigger bodies can move and like be in the outdoors and should be accepting in the outdoors and it kind of happened it's awesome I, I think it's cool and i just want i just want to continue this mission of it and i hope more people show up in magazines like not just me i'm just a dude you know and it felt good the first time like i got like an article published or something like a in a gym climber i had an article published and i was like i wrote these words this is in a climbing magazine we I mean, like crusty trad dads. Like open it up, they're gonna see a fat guy, and they're gonna be like, "What the heck? Why is he like sponsored?" Or like, you know, <laughs> it's it's cool because it means like change is happening. Yeah. You know? um, Chris is laughing because he was the tr- crusty trad dad. Who yeah, said but that. I wasn't. Thinking but that, he's but everyone's crusty trad dad, and <laughs> yeah. we all yeah. yeah. love <laughs> him. Um, Thanks, man. Yeah, appreciate <laughs> yeah. that. I weirdly listened to so much NormoCast when I first started climbing <laughs> because that was like my bible to figure out this community. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I owe a lot to Chris Kalous for like, you know, those early like HODL interviews and stuff really like hit hard. Cause I was like, Oh, okay. It's more about just the free solo movie. Like this is deeper than, you know? Oh, that's cool. This yeah, community that, I goes
0: a little that. deeper. Yeah. 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 So what, what is your, um, I mean, you, 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 you obviously in an instant, you may have created this idea of what the community was like as you as you watch this film and obviously it's a curated version right to, you know put there to entertain but what, what has your impression been since then as you've become part of the community um you know did it meet your expectations was it surprising have you been able to um have you been able to travel and, and meet sort of the greater community outside of uh, outside of your zone there in tennessee
2: i really felt the community first at red river gorge i'm about four hours from it and so that was the first time I met with like some of my online friends was out there. It hit the expectations like, Oh yeah, it is a bunch of weirdos and vans and they're all here, you know, <laughs> they're all in the red. Um, So yeah, it, <laughs> they definitely like, it, definitely what I was searching for is what was in this world, which is like outdoors, community, friends, good hangs. And you're like doing a, you're, you're doing an awesome thing, which is rock climbing, which is, is seen by other, like, people outside of a community. It's like, it's extreme sport, but, like, it's pretty chill. Like, it can be pretty chill if you keep it chill. And that's what I want to do in my life. So, yeah, a community has been great. You know, I have had some pushback just because, you know, they see me as, like, how's he on sport t-? I get those comments, like, how are you on sport team? And I'm like, I don't know. Ask them. Like, they're, they, they're the ones that, reach, like, they're, they're the one that chose me, man. Like, you know, and I'm so... Honored to be on those teams and you know but like i'm sorry that i offended you because i'm fat and i like to climb they're out there and you um, get
0: free tc pros
2: <laughs> oh for sure dude yeah those new ones are rad <laughs>
0: it's just <laughs> funny because it's like it's like you. everybody has this idea that you're like you know you're just like the golden ticket has been to get on the Sportiva team. And, you know, it's like paying all your bills. They're sending limos to pick you up and bring you to the crag. And it's like, it's not, not dude, exactly
2: get, quite like that. I get free <laughs> shoes and then like I get to do a clinic every now and then. So it's like, that's, that's, it's cool. Sounds like it's, you need to renegotiate, bro. Oh, man. I'm just honored to be on it because like mm-hmm. it's surrounded by a bunch of muscled up dudes that can climb 515. And then there's like me. And that's awesome.
0: You know, it's it's cool because you you've got this confidence. I'm already hearing, you know, like the fact that you just talking about trad dads opening that magazine, and, and <laughs> basically, you know, it's like you'd, you'd probably rather even have your finger up or whatever. But um, <laughs> nah, the into walk into that gym the first time, I mean, and I'm sure you've talked to plenty of people now um, mm-hmm. who look up to you that for for them that kind of thing would actually be just almost too terrifying or too too sort of embarrassing or too demoralizing to just march in and ask if the ropes can hold them. I mean, Mm -hmm. um, do you talk with those people? I mean, do you, do you hear those stories and and is it something that you're um, is part of your message is sort of trying to bolster that idea that you can overcome this?
2: Yeah. um, I mean, a big part of my message is body positivity and realizing you're worth whatever you're worth at this moment and not, you're not your grade you know a lot of people focus on grades and climbing you're not you're not you're not your grade you're you're you you're whatever you want to be in life you know yeah i get messages all the time They're first time climbers and they're like dude i went to the gym because of you or like Mm -hmm. i tried the sport because of you and like those mean so much to me those dms and those messages and it means like you know i like to say i I went first so others could go second you know Mm -hmm. that's my goal in this thing is just to just get people in this sport and join their realizing their bodies are more capable than what they think they are. Yeah. It's cool. Cause I get those messages and it's just, it feels so good to hear from the community and feedback. And I rarely get mean messages anymore. It's weird. It, they kind of shut up, I guess. And it's awesome. Cause I realize, I guess change is coming. Like more people are going to get in this sport. Free solo two might come out and it's like, well, more people so (laughs) i love that but uh
0: you know it's 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 an interesting thing about the pushback which um is something that you know andrew and i talk about a lot Um, right and i haven't you know i'm kind of been a little bit lucky in the norma cast which i've said before is that i don't get a ton of it it's such this tired thing like what you just said about like well why is he sponsored like honestly since i started climbing that's been this like weird run around with that um mm-hmm. but also i just find it strange and, and may, maybe you could you know talk about this too is is to how is the fact that you're climbing changing anything about the fact that i'm climbing do you know what i mean like what what right. is it about you being in the space that somehow changes my interface with climbing is kind of the strange part of what what we'll call pushback you know pushing back for what reason like what difference does it make you know
2: I always wonder that myself. Like, why is it such a big deal that, like, I try this sport? Because everyone is so worried about my tendons all the time. It's like, <laughs> that's the weirdest thing I get is, like, you're going to blow your tendons. I'm like, I pulled one pulley once in two years. Like, I don't know, man. I'm just doing it. Why are you mad that I'm doing it? Like, I realized that the first time I went to the Red, I was hanging with, like, 512 climbers. They were just a psych that I sent a 5'4" as when they sent their, like, 512 project. And I realized, oh, I do kind of belong in this community because people are stoked to climb, especially in the outdoor community. The gym community can be a little different, a little more competitive atmosphere. But what I realized from outside climbing was it was okay that I'll be climbing 5-7 the rest of my life. And I'm okay with that, too, because, like, climbing is just still fun. You know, there's many ways to grow it. I feel like a lot of...
1: Beginner climbers and intermediate climbers especially get tripped up on the idea of expectations and they become great queens where they're measuring each other with each other on their based on their performances. But, you know, you're in a unique position of basically being... I don't know. You, I, I would say maybe no expectations or very, or different levels of expectations based on you know what we know about climbing and the way you, everything that you've seen. Like like you said, you didn't see free solo and expect yourself to go free solo cap. No, you know after after watching that film and going to the gym a few times. So how do you relate to that um, sense of expectations and like pushing yourself and progression and personal? you know, grow through. Just, yeah. I don't know. Cause that's like a big part of climbing and your ego can like get trapped in so many ways. Once you start like, Oh, I can climb a five, Oh, I can climb a five, five. Oh, um, next year I'm going to be doing five, six to, and then it just keeps going, you know? And so mm-hmm. is there anything uh, about how you've approached a sport and come to it that maybe gives you a different insight or just ability to just be a little bit more liberated,
2: Like, I came straight just from the couch to doing this sport. I was not very active, and just the fact that I can get out and do this stuff keeps me going anyway. When I first started climbing, I think a lot of people, the traps that people fall into are, they got to progress, 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 because they're at the gym. They want to climb cooler routes, but they're not quite there, but they end up burning themselves out because um, they get hooked on grades and grade chasing. I, I fell into that trap when I first started. And one day, like, I had a panic attack at the gym, and I was, I had to take a step back. I'm like, I was on the wall comparing myself to, like, Tommy Caldwell. Tommy Caldwell's out there doing this right now. Why can't you? And it's like, whoa, dude, like, something is happening in your brain where you got to take a step back, and you're like, you realize this is getting unhealthy. You got to, like, take, take stuff out of it um because those thoughts suck like you don't need to compare yourself to the climber like tommy you know and so i find myself i found myself in those early days really chasing but then i realized man you're just out here doing what you want to do i'm i'm comfortable climbing five seven the rest of my life i'm not a lot of people are you know there's not a lot lot of that mentality in the sport i climb just to climb you know and i think it comes gradual like i'm i'm almost sending v3 in the gym which is huge for me but it's taken a lot of time you know i'm coming up on three years in this sport it comes with progression like i'm trying i'm going to do my first multi-pitch in december that's going to be a huge step for me i'm starting to learn trad a little i'm taking it easy i'm not like there's no point you got the rest of your life to climb you know that's how i feel like like don't burn yourself out at the start like a lot of people do but that's taken a lot of it's a lot of therapy involved and a lot of like uh, realizing you're worth what you're worth you're awesome in whatever mind body you're in you're you're a rad dude or that's how I see it it's just me coming straight from nothing to this is what keeps me going back because it's like oh you you're doing it you're doing a sweet sport you're out in this community or you're, you're doing something you wasn't doing three years ago and and, and that feels good.
1: I have another question, but the first is just what, what's the multi pitch that you're going
2: to do? Um, do you guys know Karsten? Um, yeah, I follow is, him is on Instagram. Clip? Yeah, Karsten is a sweet oh. dude um, on Sport TV Team. But he's taking me up like a five four in North Carolina. I think it's called Jim Dandy. So it's like 300 feet, which is pretty mega for me because I think the highest up climbed is like 60 <laughs> out, out on Sport. So it's really like, exposure therapy pretty much like just go do it because this is like that's kind of my goal is to do like big adventure climbs like that like big multi-pitch but stay in that range of like five four five seven ish you know at the max
1: so my other question is maybe a personal one, and you, you certainly don't have to answer this, but I was just curious if, if you've noticed any, like, changes in your body and, you know, physicality and muscle mass or weight loss or anything like that that you want to share. Is, is yeah, that part um, of the, the motivation?
2: Yeah, it was a little bit of my goal at first to be, like, it's also could be a weight loss tool, but I think I started at, like, 305 or something. I'm, like, I've stayed at 270 for a while, you know. So, they're definitely like toned muscle. There's muscles I didn't know I had in my forearms that, like, like I see when I climb and, like, oh, that's really popping. Like, look at that. Like, I got biceps. You know, I got abs if you like feel around in there. You know, it's like pretty awesome. So well, there's I mean, a lot like, of
1: 512 climbers that I know who couldn't pull 275 up a wall. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, know?
1: dude. So, you have to be there's strong like- to do that. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I'm definitely a strong dude. I don't, but I'm just round. I don't know. And my whole family looks like me. You know, it's a lot of genetics. We're all short, squat guys from Alabama. Like, this is how we look, you know. I've seen a difference. I get a lot of compliments on my calves, you know, for y'all. A <laughs> Instagram comments, like, those calves, though. It's like, yeah, I've been holding this up for like my whole life, you know. <laughs> of course, they're going to be popping.
1: You'll, you'll find yourself on a calf fetish website before
2: you know it if you're not careful. <laughs> oh, no. It's not t- um, you know
1: it's funny
0: because i actually get a lot of compliments on my calves as well look
2: at you dude.
1: there you go so that you guys your- are going
0: to end up on
1: on a calf fetish website calf
0: what you mean end up here? i i own three domains that are dedicated to that dude calouse
1: calves.com rate my calves.com <laughs>
0: But, um, well, let me ask you this when you, uh, you know, we have this story of you just like marching into this gym and, and, you know, talking about how big you are and and asking about the ropes and things like that, which again is, is a big leap, I think for a lot of folks, but, you know, you're coming across again, very confident, but you know, do you still have these bouts of, of self-consciousness of, of like looking around at other people and, and comparing yourself? I mean, you know, is it, it's not necessarily something you've conquered are you are you still you know working through that kind of stuff
2: i definitely am i've been at a lot of climbing events in october and like just looking around it's still the same body types really and that's why i'm still you know pushing for change i don't i feel i get a lot of stares and stuff at the gym especially if i'm like bleeding people will like sit there and watch me it's always a little weird it's like i don't know Maybe it's a good thing that they stop and look or they stop and look. Kind of I do post videos all the time of myself climbing, so it's like not that big a deal. But um it's something that'll pop up every now and then, you know. I still feel kind of alone at the gym. Just like I really wish there was like a bigger body community that would come through. But I'm seeing more and more every time I go to the gym. So it's just a matter of time, I think. Um especially if like outdoor brands get on top of it with like size in exclusivity and inclusivity because i think that's what pushes a lot of people away is they want to get into the sport but they can't exactly find a harness that fits. so they can't exactly find shirts that fit because you want to look the part you don't want to just have to go to walmart and find whatever you want to kind of look like everybody else so i think there's a big push for that coming and i'm pushing for it and i've gotten to talk with brands about that kind of stuff but i definitely feel still feel a little alone but i have my community and and It's cool to hear the stories and everything. It's see, people see me out in public, they come up to me like, dude, thanks so much for whatever you're doing. And it'll be like the strongest climber ever. And that's like, thanks, you, dude. I needed like body confidence. Thank you so much for like talking about that stuff because I struggle with it. And I think we all kind of, I mean, especially guys, it's a big deal with guys. We don't really talk about ourselves in that way or like we're meant to be. Podcasters <laughs> do, yeah. <laughs> we talk we're about ourselves to... all the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, like. We don't talk about our, like, confidence levels being low. but are like want the vulnerable. knots
1: that have been fallen on too many times and <laughs> get welded shut and can't be untied.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of um, people don't want to be vulnerable, so that's why. I, I well, that's it. part
0: of the, the, the reason I kind of was excited to talk to you. And, and um, you know, the Sportivo sponsors the NormaCast, as you know, and yeah. And so, you know, last not too long ago or a few months ago, maybe getting into this year, I just glanced over at the page and and looked at what who they are sponsoring because a lot of times I'm just like, well, who haven't I talked to yet? You know, blah, blah, blah. And uh and saw your face and I and I think I might have sent you a message about it as well. And um mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean it just is like uh it's just such a nice story, but it's also, you know, at a personal risk to you to become a public figure. Um, as you said, you've gotten pushback, um, and so it just takes a lot of courage. And and that's kind of what I looked around at on that page is that you know, and and they've got, you know, they've really diversified their athlete team. But then you know, there's a lot of people on there, and and we we tend to look at these climbers as these courageous people, you know, because they go out and they they do risky things or what are perceived as risky climbs and stuff. But then I just kept coming back to your story and thinking about you and how like a lot of these great climbers, I don't think would have the courage to do what you did, you know, and, and maybe so. I mean, they, they, you know, it's hard to say because they haven't been put in that position, but there's this level of courage that I want to commend you for that goes beyond what we normally kind of flag as courageous and climbing. You know, we're, we're also hung up on, on p- people climbing hard things and, dangerous things like free solo. But uh, anyway, I don't really have a question other than to uh, just commend you on that. And I've enjoyed like just what you've done as well. And, and I hope that you're getting good feedback from the professional community as well. Like your fellow teammates and whatnot.
2: Yeah. Thanks, thanks so much, Chris. I mean, means a ton, dude. I didn't ever think I'd find myself in this position where like I would be on a, a quote unquote professional athlete, but like, um, yeah, every like every message, like w- what you sent me or whoever, every message just means that I'm doing something right somewhere, and I'm just going to keep you know pushing for it, pushing for change, pushing for others. You know, I think <laughs> it's funny. Over the summer, I was at a fish concert. Um, the band Fish that no one likes, but I do. Oh um, shit!
0: No, no, dude, your boy up I here know- in the corner there is, is a man. Is is, is is on your team?
2: Yeah. <laughs> Well, good i need a <laughs> need a teammate in this uh, weird world um but i was at like a fish concert and someone recognized me there and i'm like oh this is like a little bigger than just the com- com- climbing community and that was very weird for me to be like out of my element of climbing and someone recognized me and i'm like oh thank you for saying that and have a good show you know oh <laughs> um, that's awesome yeah. Yeah, that was, like, the moment where I realized I might be doing something a little bigger than I think I am. Because I don't ever see myself as, like, some dude to look up to, you know? But when I get recognized out in public and I'm about to go see fish, it's like, whoa, that was weird. But, yeah, that happened.
1: Um, yeah, we'll have to go see a fish concert together, Drew. I think that that's oh, going to be in our future. I did five um. over the summer. <laughs> nice. Yeah. You know, of all this, you know, ways to get outdoors and ways to engage in the outdoors or ath- athletic activities to do, mm-hmm. you could have taken up rollerblading or jogging or hiking or you know, just you name it. Like, what? Why? Cl- why climbing? Like, why was that the thing that like really called out to you instead of you know any of those other things?
2: I, I think it just had to do with kind of where you would be And those like beautiful landscapes. I mean, like looking say a free solo it was all about yosemite and those beautiful backdrops and like this is where you get to hang out i think it had a lot to do with like you're actually like interacting with the like nature you're like on the rock you're on does that make sense you're on the nature i don't know and it's a little more adventurous a little more risk is the blood pumping a little more than just like a hike you know because there's a lot more thought into it that goes into what you're about to try to do well, and also, I mean, going back to what you said about the van
0: people and the community is is it, it's not entirely unique to climbing, but it's definitely there's a few other sports that have this this lifestyle, this uh, this, you know, denial of all your other material interests to go after this thing. You know, I've joked many times that, like, it would be funny if there were golfers that, you know, <laughs> slept in the parking lot of some sick golf you know, golf course that they've always wanted to, you know, to, to do. And it's like they live in a van and they just go from like it's golf course. It's just, it just does that doesn't exist as far as I know, you know, these like dirtbag golfers or whatever, you know, it exists in, in, in surfing and, and skiing and some other like kind of, you know, brother and sister sports to, to the sport. But, um, I find that to be really unique. And, I, and it sounds to me like you clued into that a little bit as well. This weird, this weird dedication that that comes almost without any sort of a material reward, but uh, but people still like just devote themselves to it.
2: Yeah, and I own a van now too, so like, <laughs> uh, I became one of those people that I was like, "Oh, those are like weirdos that follow rocks around." But I'm like, now I'm the weirdo on the weekend that follows <laughs> rocks around in my '93 van. What kind of van is it? It's a 1993 B250. Nice. We is that a Dodge? Yeah, Dodge B two fifty. Yeah, yeah. You know, we gutted the inside out. None, none of the electronics really work, but like she, she kicks it. She, she makes it
0: with all that Sportiva money. You didn't just skip to a sprinter.
2: No, dude, I had to buy you know <laughs> my, I had to buy my mirrors. You know, <laughs> no, I, it was a it was a two grand van we bought off Facebook Marketplace, and we just gutted it and made it a little summer project. But now now she's like my baby
0: nice yeah you know you mentioned that you you started early on getting your wife into the sport and a valentine's date and everything else and and how's her uh interest been
2: yeah she she goes to the gym with me she's my my go-to belay partner of course she's not obsessed as me but like she's definitely she'll get on some boulders and stuff and she loves it just as much as i do she loves the community i think too she just likes being outside outside but yeah she's kills it too she loves she loves sport
0: and how does she feel about you um your sort of public image um and being sort of um you know not you know it's like professional climber whatever but you're (laughs) you're also this advocate and that's i think what makes you valuable when people are like well why is he sponsored or whatever you know this they're stuck in this paradigm of like grades still but You know, it's about value to a brand and that's what makes you valuable is that you're an advocate. So how does she feel about that part of it?
2: Oh, she's all, she's down for it. Um, Cool. Yeah. She, she helps me manage it too. I mean, it it can be a lot. And, um, she's also stoked on the free gear as well. Um, like sneak stuff in for, you know? Um, yeah, she's. She's just as excited, I think, as I am about this whole thing of having like 25,000 people following me and like, which is wild to think about. But um, yeah, she's down for it too and helps me manage the hustle and bustle of trying to run a social media page. But yeah, and she she loves it. She's rarely not with me when we go outside climbing. And you know? I like that. Like, I mean, it's something cool to do with, with your spouse.
0: Have you ever been able to interact with uh, with uh, Alex? I have not. You've not, okay.
2: I've not. I've I know people who know him. Right on. Of course. I don't know if he knows. I. Like, I think he'd be stuck, man. I think he would be really stuck. I know, actually. like I want to like go climb something with him, like some like boring. It at- would so it'd be so boring for him. They're like, hey, let's go do this like Mega Five Four. <laughs> like that's the goal. I think that's my whole goal. <laughs> like meet the dude that started my whole obsession with this sport it's not really the whole goal of course but um it'd be a nice i think
1: we it. can make that happen for you
0: yeah for sure dude that's gonna i mean if you stay in the biz here you're gonna that's gonna
2: yeah i mean for, we're on teams together with and stuff yeah and exactly
0: and there, you guys are both tc pro guys
2: i remember when tommy caldwell entered a zoom call one time i was like oh my god there's tommy caldwell <laughs> like i still get that way even though I'm, like, on the same team of these people, I'm still like, oh, man, that dude climbs 5'15". Yeah, I still get butterflies when I see Tommy Caldwell's yeah, face. Yeah, dude. Yeah.
0: He's just and I dude. know he changes diapers and gets baby <laughs> shit all over him just like everybody else, but, yeah, it's it's the same thing. So
2: Yeah, it's still yeah. like, man, he's uh, a legend. Um, well, it's funny because,
0: I mean, I sort of... When you talked about your anxiety attack, I apologize, but I am um, comparing yourself to Tommy Caldwell. I did chuckle, so... Um, I hope that didn't make light of, oh, no, of a serious Damn. mental health fear. situation. But I uh, shouldn't
2: have been comparing myself to Tommy. Yeah,
0: well, I just had this image of you like standing in front of a of a you know powered up table saw, like about <laughs> ready to to do it to do the deed. This is what makes me sense. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm your wife it, runs in it. and shuts it off and like <laughs> <I think laughs> drags you out of the room.
2: That'd be a way more bigger issue than just my anxiety. If I was like about <laughs> to chop my finger off, um, yeah, I haven't met. I haven't met too many, like, the pros in real life, but we're all kind of friendly on online. Yeah. Jerry, where in Chattanooga do you live? I'm Nashville. in Nashville. Oh, Nashville. I'm two hours from Chattanooga. I, I'm in Tennessee when I said Chattanooga. Okay. okay, yeah, I'm in Nashville. Um, We're two hours nice. from Chattanooga, four, hour, four and a half hours from the Red. So that's kind of my whole right track. On.
1: Yeah, my wife's mom is in Knoxville. So if oh, yeah. we ever go out, out that way, I'll let you know and we'll... <laughs> yeah
2: um there's sadly only one like moderate route in tennessee there's one there's one five five within two hours of me that's worth anything so that's why i drive to the red um it's a sad thing it's just like that's why i gotta get into trad because there's more easy trad
0: right yeah i didn't think of that actually yeah um so, yeah, for sure, that opens up a lot of doors. I think mm-hmm. uh, being like a more adventurous
2: climber. stuff and like just learning those multi pit skills because there's so much out in North Carolina that's like easy five to like y stuff that can be protected. So mm-hmm. that's kind of my next goal is I'm currently building a rack,
0: especially if you want to do big routes like the bolted climbing, isn't going to come in that way. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the track climbing will be your future for sure.
2: Yeah, I think it will be. Big goal is to climb snake dike. All oh, right on. Mm. Cool. Half-tone. That's like mega goal. Cool. That's the one I would go with. That's, that's a great goal. Yeah, that's maybe. me and Honald's route.
0: Yeah, maybe he'll free solo past you. Yeah. <laughs>
2: for sure. <laughs> that's why I like I just want to showcase these boring routes because like they're important to me. But they're boring to most climbers. I don't but, like, know. that's don't, how you I, get your start.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe on the single pitch level, but there ain't there's nothing boring about snake dike.
2: No, it looks mega. Yeah. And so I run out. Yeah, that's the, that's the future. That's the big goal. Thinking back to that that guy who was,
1: you know, stoked after seeing Free Solo and maybe sitting in the parking lot of the gym, about to go into the gym and see what this is all about. You know, what advice would you give to that person now that you know what you know and you've you've been through the ups and downs of climbing and you've learned a few things and how would you tell that that person who's like full of you know kind of trepidation about trying to sport like
2: climbing what would you say to yourself i think the first words would be like you belong here because i didn't feel like i really belonged in the sport because i didn't really see anybody that looked like me through my research you know because i didn't really feel like i fit in in any sport really and to know what i know now I think just that encouragement would have been huge, that you'll find your people, you belong here, and you'll be pushing for a bigger impact in the sport, and you'll get free TC press.
0: <laughs> hey there. If you'd like to rise above your bottom feeder status and support the efforts, however feckless, of the runout, then subscribe today at patreon.com slash podcast. In addition to bolstering our self-esteem, you'll be privy to titillating bonus material, like our recent interview with Joe Kinder just after he sent his new 515 b and rifle, Kinder Cakes. Now the hardest climb in that notoriously steep and cryptic canyon. That's patreon.com slash runoutpodcast. Do it. On round two of our new Buddy Spray feature, Todd Bruns of WadiClimbing.com sends in a shout out all the way from Ramallah, Palestine. Todd is one of the founders of Wadi Climbing, a gym and climbing service based in the West
2: Bank.
3: Hey, Andrew and Chris. I wanted to take the opportunity to spray about my friend Tawfiq Najada, who is a young Bedouin climber from the occupied West Bank or Palestine. We met Tawfiq a number of years ago when we were developing a new crag near his village and Him and his brothers showed up to ask if we were looking for gold or eagle eggs in the cliffs. And when we explained what we were actually doing, we offered Taufik a a harness and a top rope. And in an old pair of crocs, he easily sent this 10D that we had just bolted. Now, a couple years later, Taufik has sent 12B and projects in the hard 512 range. But on top of that, he's just like the kindest, sweetest kid, and he lives in um, incredibly difficult circumstances in Palestine. Um, And he's also more than happy to show any visiting climber around his local crags near Ramallah. Um, So shout out to Taufik.
1: You've just completed another episode of The Runout, a podcast from the sharp end of climbing. I'm Andrew Bicharot, and I run Evening Sends, the only climbing website on the internet.
0: And I'm Chris Kalouz, host of the EnormaCast, the only other climbing podcast. Please leave a review of our show on iTunes, share an episode with your friends, and follow us on social media. We should be fairly easy to find.
1: Drop us a line, let us know what you think. My email is andrew at runoutpodcast.com.
0: And my email is chris at runoutpodcast.com. And also, please support our show. Go to patreon.com slash runoutpodcast and become a rope gun today.